Welcome. This is Out of the Ordinary Books, where we believe that the books we read help us better understand the lives we lead. I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. And every week we share an Out of the Ordinary book and how it can help you make sense of your story too. These aren't book reviews or recommendations. These are conversations about some of our best friends, worst enemies, toughest coaches, most passionate lovers, and kindest teachers that line our bookshelves. We hope these conversations help you see the deeper story hidden right in plain sight in your ordinary life, too. Get comfy. Here we go. Welcome to season three of the podcast out of the ordinary book. Da, 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 da. I feel like we need a drum roll. <laughs> drum roll. <laughs> so excited. I just have to tell our listeners that in preparation for beginning this conversation and this new season, you and I just sat and listened to our new intro like three times in a row. <laughs> We're such dorks, but we really love it. <laughs> but I know our listeners have questions, right? Like, wait, 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 what? What? What is what happening? Is happening? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think right in the beginning, you can get comfy and not feel worried because so mm-hmm. much of what you love about the podcast will still be the same. Conversations between friends, about parts of our ordinary lives we love. However, maybe you could imagine it this way. It's as if we have a third friend each week sitting at the table, and that Mm -hmm. friend will be a book that we love. And now we're not planning on giving you some very strict or, you know, um, based on whatever's greatest and newest coming out book recommendations. And this isn't a review. It's not going to turn into a book review podcast. Mm -hmm. Instead, much like we've done over the last three years, we will be introducing you to a friend that we love because we've often talked this way about books. Books are, are some of our best friends. I mean, I know I can walk into your bookshelves, Christy, your glorious bookshelves that inspired our beautiful new logo for the show. But I can walk up to some of those books and pick one off the shelf and you can tell me like, oh, I read this in college or that was in grad school. I was living in Florida when I picked that up or, oh, one of of your kids maybe just read that with you. Or, you know, if it's me, it'll be like, I just watched the movie version of that or there's a TV show that was that was turned into or. I mean, for me, I reread books. You and I have had this conversation too because they're such familiar friends to me. And so I can take books off the shelf and I'm 16 again, or I'm 25 and newly married, or I'm living mm-hmm. overseas, you know, looking for English books in book sh- in bookstores. So for, for us, so much of what we love about what happens here on the podcast is conversations about shared stories mm-hmm. and books for us. You know, last week we talked about having a fresh well. Books are that for us. They are a deep well of stories, kind of like a key that helps us unlock into this place of fresh inspiration and conversation. Right, right. Like a key to new stories, new conversations. And I think I want our listeners to know as well that even if you're not a big reader, or maybe you have very different taste in books from Lisa Joe and myself, because we've often talked about books, and maybe every time you thought, yeah, no, those aren't the kind of books <laughs> that I like. Um, these conversations, our hope is that they will be complete conversations. Like everyone will get something out of it, even if you never go and pick up that book, that friend that we have sitting at the table, but that there will be enough in these conversations that will be like, a, you know, like that a satisfying experience. Um, and I think that's what we mean when we say it's not a book recommendation podcast. It's not a book review podcast, even though some 
sometimes words will come out of our mouth that will sound like those things. Um, but the idea is, yeah, just this key to unlock new stories, new conversations, because I think we're realizing as, as friends, what do friends do? They talk about all the things and all those things can become like little triggers, little on switches to go to the deeper places. And that's what we've been doing for you know, two seasons now. And I think, um, yeah, we're shifting just a bit in order to continue to go to deep places in our conversations. And because we wanted to welcome you in to some of the parts of our friendship that have been very meaningful over the years. So I Mm -hmm. remember there have been times when books have been coming out. So for example, the Harry Potter series. When the last book came out, I was living in Michigan, you were in Chicago, and I remember we would like get on the phone and talk like every few chapters and promise each other like, I mean, I remember phoning you and be like, don't finish, you're not finished yet, right? Like, don't get ahead of me. (laughs) Like, We have to talk about what's happening in this book. And we've constantly used books as shorthand for Mm -hmm. conversations we want to have, topics Mm -hmm. that matter to us. I mean, we'll be in the middle of a conversation and you'll stop and say, oh, wait, wait, I just read something about that. Or I'll be having a conversation with someone on Instagram about something and talking to you about how do I make myself more clear? And you'll say, oh, I have a book about that right on my bookshelf right now. Let me grab that quickly and help you as you're processing. So books have both been our teachers, our friends, our coaches, our inspiration, and our loves in many ways. They've helped us and soothed us and comforted us. And so we just thought, what a fun to actually bring the shorthand of books into the conversation since they are so much of a part of our conversation anyway in real life. Like mm-hmm. this isn't a weird, you know, turn in the road. This is a completely mid all, middle of the road part of our conversation for decades. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. In that sense, this is not a new, new path at all. And I'm just thinking as well that, um, so there are many books that you and I hold in common, like treasures, you know, that we both that we both um, really enjoy. But we're also quite different in our reading habits. Yeah. And I think as well, because we both read a lot, but we're often sort of pursuing our own interests in books. Lisa Jo, I sometimes feel bad about this, but I don't think I need to feel bad about this, is that you often share books with me that you love, that mean so much to you. And then I, I tell myself I will go and read them because there's something inspiring in what you share. And I, I do want to, but I often don't, to yeah. be honest. And then yeah. you'll bring them up again and I'll say, oh yeah, I meant to read that. But here's what I'm realizing, Lisa Joe, is that while I have sometimes felt guilty about that, like, oh, I, I didn't make time, again, if books are friends, I didn't make time for that friend of my friend. <laughs> but I don't think I need to feel guilty because what you're doing as a friend is you're giving me some of the richness of that book because you're sharing what it meant to you, right. what you gleaned from it. And in that sense, even if I never go and read it, I too have received something right. from it just through you, which is totally so special. Agree. I've actually had this conversation with my brother um, about books and about movies because he and I love stories too. We get this from yeah. my mom. And I have over the years like, in, you know, passionately shared with him about some book or some TV show or some movie that I just love so much. And he's like, I have to go watch that tonight or I have to get it out the library right now. And mm-hmm. he'll come back to me and often say, you know, it didn't quite live up to the version mm-hmm. you gave me like when mm-hmm. you described mm-hmm. it. And it's true. There's something about hearing the version of that book be- f- 
through the voice of a friend you really love because what you're getting is the filter of them. So yeah. that's the part that's so meaningful. Like you're listening and learning something about them. And also because they know you so well, they understand what parts of the book to highlight for right. you. So you already got like the best part of the book. So we're not trying to discourage you from reading books, you guys, but we are, <laughs> we're trying to encourage you that if you mm. don't plan to go and read a book, you're going to get still a lot out of this podcast. And we, Love, of course, that it's so close to our title, Out of the Ordinary. So Out of the Ordinary Books, which of course means extraordinary books or exceptional books or exciting or different books, um, because really books are friends filled with stories just like the two of us. And we are so excited to have you get to sit at the table with us as we introduce you to some new friends. So before we get started, let's take a moment to celebrate our awesome new podcast logo, which we just love so much. You know, when we took that photograph we had zero plans for that to do anything to do with the podcast. I right, mean, we, right. Who would have yeah. imagined it would turn into a new logo? Never, never. I, I would have chosen my clothes carefully. <laughs> I would not be wearing like my comfiest ribbed sweater leggings. <laughs> What's so funny about that day is that, so we took that photograph and then like two weeks later, I was back with you. Mm -hmm. Last week, we recorded together live. And when I arrived, as we described last week, you know, we spent eight hours talking, but most of that time was sitting in front of your bookshelves in the room I mm -hmm. have renamed the library in your house. The fire was <laughs> on, we're drinking coffee, we're talking about the podcast. And, you know, what could a season three look like? We don't want to diverge completely from what we already love. How do we go deeper? And I was sitting faced with these bookshelves. And as I was staring at them and you were processing, I just kept thinking, oh my gosh, yes, books. That's it. That's mm -hmm. the answer. It's like right in front of our faces. And when we landed on it, we both, I think, just jumped at it. And mm -hmm. I remember pulling up that photograph and you and I sat in the library and on my phone, we constructed that new logo right away mm -hmm. in the moment. Mm -hmm. It took like, what, 10 minutes? It's I don't know. So you crazy. whipped it out. And it's like, <laughs> like that moment of recognizing an, a new old friend or, or like yes, that moment when yes. your baby is born and you're like, oh, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we really did feel that way. And then we were yeah. like proud mamas throughout the next yeah. couple of days. We kept pulling up that picture and looking at it again to reassure ourselves. We're like, yes, out of yeah. the ordinary books. It's the perfect conversation. So listeners who we love, who we know are all over the world. Won't you help us spread the word about our new baby? We would be so grateful. <laughs> and here's what we have in mind. If you would take a screenshot or, you know, that of the new logo, or maybe you have your iTunes open and you're listening and it's playing, you take a screenshot of that and then just share it however you share. So maybe you're on Instagram, maybe you could put it in your stories or grab our logo and put it in your grid as a photograph. Or if you're on Facebook, share it there. And if you do that, please use the hashtag, our new one, out of the ordinary books. And we're so excited because nobody has used that hashtag before. We went and looked. It's completely brand new, ready for us to populate it. waiting for us. With, yeah. uh, with pictures of the podcast. And here's the thing. Here's what's really fun. We were thinking, okay, so first of all, Christy and I are not that great at knowing how to market things. And we were like, well, what do people normally do? Well, they give away a gift card or something like that. But then we were concerned because whatever kind of gift card we give, our international listeners wouldn't be able to use it. And we did, we probably spent half an hour this morning researching <laughs> right, gift cards, Googling, yeah. like reading all the fine print about where you can use them. 
And we didn't want to leave you out. We didn't, Christy actually said the words, I care just as much about my Canadian listeners and my South African listeners and my um, Dutch listeners as I do about our American listeners. And so we wanted to find a way that if you spread the word, we could invite you to something lovely. So how about this? If you go ahead and share about the podcast and you use the hashtag out of the ordinary books, and here's why you have to use the hashtag so we can find you, (laughs) so we Mm -hmm. can enter you into the drawing, and we are giving away a virtual tea date with Christy and I and you and a friend or friends. Tag as many people as you want (laughs) when you share about the podcast and we'll pick We'll pick a group of friends and we'll do a little half hour Zoom tea date with you guys. How does that sound? Uh, Yeah, Zoom or Skype. So share the podcast image, use the hashtag, and then tag your friend or more than one. Tag any, however many friends you want to invite to this little virtual tea date. And how fun will it be to sit down with a few of our listeners face to face and share a cup of tea and conversation, maybe about books, maybe about something else, maybe just about friendship. So um, I, that is so much better than a gift card and so much more fun for us. And maybe we should, uh, we haven't, we hadn't even talked about this. Maybe we should pick two winners. Maybe we'll pick like a domestic winner and an international winner. Cause now I'm like, I want to have tea with someone from Switzerland. Like, I think that would be really great. (laughs) Or France or South Africa. So yes, do that. We'd love it. And I guess in the spirit of tea dates and friends, Christy, I'm going to ask you, who is the book friend that you will be introducing us to today? Yeah, today my book friend is, it's a brand new book. I just finished it. And uh, it's called Clara and the Sun. And it's by uh, Kazuo Ishiguro. Um, that's K-A-Z-U-O, if you can't understand my pronunciation, which probably isn't perfectly accurate. Ishiguro, I-S-H-I-G-U-R-O, Claire and the Sun, and he is a Nobel Prize winner. His books, his novels, he writes fiction. They're among my favorite, favorite books. And so when I knew he had a new one coming out, um, I pounced on it. There are just a handful of writers whose books, um, when they have a new one coming out, I don't read the reviews. I don't have to know, like, is it good? Is it not so good? I just know I need to read that book. (laughs) So here's what um, I was remembering as I I started to read this book, Lisa Jo. Tell me if this is, I don't know if this is your experience with your kids, but especially with my older kids, um, if we're experiencing a story together, sometimes it's a book, but to be honest, more often these days, it's, you know, sitting down in front of a, a movie usually a movie, maybe a TV show, um, but usually a movie. And the movie starts and, um, you know, it's the beginning of the movie. Maybe there's a new character or something happens. And my child will either pause it or just start talking and say, wait, mom, I don't understand. Who is that? What's happening? Are they related? What, is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? And Lisa Joe, every time I have to do this, (laughs) if the movie is still running, I will pause it and I will say, honey, I've never seen this movie either. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, why do you think I know? And um, I, I say, I always say the same thing. The movie hasn't told us yet. Mm. The, the movie knows that we don't know. <laughs> it's okay to not know. We have not watched this movie before. Do, are, do your kids do that? Oh, or yeah, is it just all mine? the time. And as if I will know, like somehow I have right. magical access to some information they don't have. And they, <laughs> and I have one child who just the whole time, but why did he do that? Why is she coming? Where's he going? Where did, what, what did she? I'm like, I, I don't have the script. They did not send it to me ahead of time. Like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> so one thing I've realized about this, um, so on the one hand, it may just be that, you know, they recognize that we are more, um, we have more experience processing stories 
Yeah, right? We've read more right. books. We've seen more boob, more movies. So that right. I think that's a lot of it is they 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 understand we are the parent and we often are interpreting the world for them. And mm. so they're asking for that help, you know, with this new story. But I have also sometimes wondered, especially with one of my kids, um, I think this child finds not knowing stressful. Yeah. And confusing in a way that isn't pleasurable. Um, whereas one of my greatest joys in reading a new book um, is 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 the not knowing, the sense of like, oh my gosh, I'm a little bit confused. What's happening? What does that mean? This seems significant, but I have no idea what's going on. I think that's why I like mysteries so much. Mm. I mean, they are puzzles in that sense. There's always this, especially in a mystery, it's more clear than ever in a mystery, this big, huge thing that you do not know. And yet, you're holding this book in your hands, and you know the answer's in there. It's mm-hmm. coming. <laughs> right? <laughs> I find that so enjoyable. It's what keeps me turning pages. It's what holds my interest. Um, a really great uh, writing uh, coach at one point told me, as I was um, actually struggling a bit to start writing my book, Placemaker, he told me, um, okay, you, ha- you have all these questions. You need to let those questions lead you as you write. Hmm. And I said, but I don't, I don't have the answers yet. I don't, know, I don't know what the answers to these questions are. He's like, great. <laughs> write those questions. And then you will write yourself to, to answers both for yourself and for your reader. And he said, and it's the questions that will keep readers interested and engaged hmm. and involved and, and turning pages. And I realized he's describing my favorite books, like books that have questions or mysteries or um, a, a bit of confusion or uncertainty. And I want to find out. I want to know more. So I find that pleasurable, except there is a time when I do not find it pleasurable. And it's with, when I have some sense that maybe maybe this author, the storyteller can't be trusted. Yeah. Maybe I'm confused because they have written a confusing story. <laughs> mm. And I think that's sometimes what my child feels when um, when they're watching a movie with me. Like, I don't understand because maybe maybe this movie's no good. Hmm. And so now I'm confused. But now I want to know, do you find Kazuo to be a trustworthy author? I don't know, because I had never heard of him before. I don't often track with the big noteworthy books that are coming mm-hmm. out. So I feel like you need to introduce your friend to us a little a little more background details so we can yeah. know a bit about him. And is he American or not? Is he? Yeah, yeah. It's exactly what I wanted to share that first is because I find him to be a very trustworthy author, okay. which means um, that not only does he write books with that put me in that place of like, oh, I don't know what's happening, but I know that all will be revealed. And not only will all be revealed, but that when it is revealed, it will hold together hmm. and it will have meaning and it will give me something to think about, you know, for weeks after, years after. Hmm. So yeah, Ishiguro is, um, he's a, a, a British writer. He was raised in England, but actually came to England from Japan with his parents when he was five years old. And um, there's some family history there that I think is actually pertinent to his novels. His I want to say his mom or maybe both his parents um, uh, were from Nagasaki. And mm. so there, um, there's a history there of uh, just family, a family story there connected with the devastating bombing mm. in Nagasaki. Mm. And so that early sense in his family of the really devastating potential and power of 
technology mm. um, of what humans can do to one another. I don't think I'm reading too much. I really don't think I'm reading too much into it to say that that, that thread is important in the stories he tells. And so his novels are very different. The settings are very different. But often what is in there is um, an emphasis on memory, on our pasts, and often a sense of um, worlds that are um, changing quickly and potentially leaving some of us behind, especially with technology. There's often a sense of the dangers of technology, but not, not in the usual sense. So when I first heard about this book, Clara and the Sun, this book is the, the protagonist, the, ma- the narrator, is not a human. <laughs> so are they the narrator, sci-fi? Like what category? Are they sci-fi? Are they fantasy? Like what would you put them into? I just want to say they're not, cate- they're not genre in that okay. way. So it's not a genre sci-fi. It doesn't hold all the conventions of sci-fi or fantasy. Okay. Um, they're, they often are just, they just read like realist novels. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, except yeah. the main character is not a human. Except in this one, and you know that's only true for this one. I've, none of all of his other protagonists are humans, but in this one, um, the the narrator Clara is an AF. She is an artificial friend. Oh wow! She AF. is a humanoid machine. <laughs> she is in essence some kind of robot, but don't picture metal clanking robot. Right. She looks, to all intents and purposes, just like a human, and she's an artificial friend. And so that's what I mean when, uh, you know, there, there's often this sense of technology, not as like this monster that turns on us, because Clara is not a monster. Mm. What's actually really beautiful about Clara is how human she is and how in, in her feelings and in her observance of the world, what she reveals about, about us, the, mm. the, the people who made her and the people who are um, around her and either caring for her or not caring for her. Um, so I think that goes back to his... You know, there's something in there about his family story and his family background. So, yeah, his his novels can't be categorized as sci-fi, fantasy, mystery. One of his most beloved and famous novels is um, Remains of the Day, mm. which was made into a film starring Anthony Hopkins, I think. Yes. So, some of our listeners may know that one. And mm-hmm. it's set um, right around just, I think, before World War II. And it's um, the main character is a very proper English butler in a stately home who uh, slowly over the course of the novel realizes the truth about the man he's been serving and about uh, the world and realizes really to his shame that he has given his life and his service to someone who did not deserve it, Mm -hmm. um, who was not worthy of it. And so, um, and that sense of like the world had moved on to a place that he wasn't prepared to understand really or yeah, the, the, the world was moving too fast almost. So while the novels are so different, they do have these common themes. I think what's interesting here to pick up on is something that I really relate to your kids where they feel nervous about, is the author trustworthy? And mm-hmm. that you lean into that sense of I discomfort. Do. And that is what yeah. is appealing to you. I am the exact opposite. I like the comfort of knowing. And I think it's why, and you're helping me put words around something I haven't understood about myself. It's why, as we've talked about a lot, uh, we love Louise Penny. It's why I love every time there's a new novel by her, because it's both different and the same. 
I already understand the formula. I know the characters. I know I can trust her. I know it's going to hit all these points in my own heart that are meaningful to me about moral integrity and rightness and justice triumphing and sacrifice. And But I... I have over the years wondered, and I'm just solving this for the first time, how you are able to read so many new authors all the time and I don't. So what happens with me a lot is I will get books out of the library that people recommend and I will try to read the first page. And if in that first page I feel disoriented or uncomfortable or I don't know where this is going, this seems really weird, I won't read it. And, And if I'm going to persevere, I uh-huh. will only persevere because I've gone and done a ton of research and now understand almost exactly what that book's going to be about. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> and it's, I think it's also why I reread as much as I do. I love the comfort of the familiarity of knowing yeah. where that story is going. And I can experience the story differently every time I read it because I take something different from it each time. But at its core, it's comforting to me. And I've noticed this about my daughter. She will rewatch certain TV series like over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And because she has episodes she just loves and she just she talks about that. Like, I love knowing what's coming. I love all these characters. And that is so interesting. And, and I wonder, is that a deficit in me that, that I feel nervous about not knowing what's coming? And then often if I've so often people will do this, they'll recommend to me a series because it's Louise Penny-esque. Mm-hmm. And they'll tell me, while you're waiting for the next book, you should try the series. Mm-hmm. And then I'll get excited and I'll get all the books I can get, like the first three or four out of the library. And then I'll start reading. And sometimes, like, so some of them, I persevered all the way till the end. And 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 so here's a great example. I mean, I could throw another book into the mix today and just say, this was a book called The Poacher's Son. I really like the title. And now I forget the name of the author. Um, And I thought I was going to like it. It had a lot of elements that I like in a mystery. But by the time I got to the end, and I don't know, uh, my perception was the author had been untrustworthy because a character that had been setting up the whole time as like wrongly accused and that you were supposed to sympathize with and the son is trying to connect with his father by the end actually is the worst kind of bad guy. Hmm. And I understand as a narrative writing, it's effective, right? Like, oh, I've turned Mm -hmm. the tables on you now. But I don't like that. As a reader, Mm -hmm. I feel Mm -hmm. misled. The person I've rooted for the whole time and the main character who's believing the goodness of his father, he's been let down in this terrible way that leaves me feeling just sad at the end. And Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that's my immaturity as a reader and I should persevere. And I have the next books in the series and I just can't bring myself to read them because I don't want that to happen again. And maybe Mm -hmm. they were wounding, you know, the protagonist so that in future books he will be able to grow or interact with people differently. But to me, that is so discomforting. And I don't know if it's because in life, it, right. it's like that, right? Right. Yes. I don't uh, want it that way in my say. books. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. So I, I think that's a part of it, Lisa Joe. So I don't at all criticize you for looking for those particular comforts in your reading. It's one of the great joys of of art and of books and of movies and of reading, of, of searching for certain things and finding them um, in, in what we read and watch. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think here's what I really want to talk about is, is, is life. And we are often, in a sense, like characters mm-hmm. <laughs> walking through a book and we don't know what happens next. Mm. And do we trust the storyteller? Yeah. Or are we worried all the time? 
is this this person who seems to be a good guy, are they actually a bad guy? Or this beloved character, are they going to die at the end of right. chapter seven? Right. We don't know. Little right? women, we don't know. I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. So so I admit, I I feel I feel the discomfort of that as well. Hmm. I, I absolutely feel how hard that is. So I think actually that's that's part of why I enjoy this kind of reading is if I'm reading a book by Ishiguro, um, I know that that moment of not knowing, of being confused, uh, will will resolve. And I know that there is a good and trustworthy writer who is thoughtful, who um, is interested in sort of probing the human heart and revealing things and then offering that wisdom I know that that's most likely what I will get out of that story. And so I know like, okay, I can push through this moment of confusion um, or a feeling uncomfortable because I I trust that this writer is leading me toward a good place. Mm. Not necessarily a happy place or a, you know, a cheerful, cheerful ending, um, but a place where I will have received something, where I, where I ha- will have good que- things to think about, memorable images, sentences, you know, I will have received something good. And so I think for maybe different reasons, I'm I'm kind of looking for the same the same thing in a book that that can feel harder at times to access in life. Unless, you know, what is our relationship with the one who is, you know, telling a story through our lives? What is our relationship with the one who made us? How much do we trust God with all that is unknown in the chapters to come? Um I don't know. I, I'm feeling like, in a way, books can can help us, you know, ask ask that yeah. and navigate that. And if something bad happens in our life, do we immediately say, "I can't trust this. I can't trust this storyteller anymore. I can't right. trust you, God. I can't trust you." Um, you know, part of part of all the conversations I feel like we've had on this podcast is asking that question. It's okay to ask that question and then to push push through toward answers and mm-hmm. toward comfort and. Um, and so, and so maybe in that sense, we're not so different. Um, and it's true that, that that is also why I return to this writer, right? Mm. I return to him because I know I will have that experience. Um, I love, so like there's moments, I love moments in this book where I'm confused, I'm unsure. And then there's a moment of clarity. Like, oh, oh that's what's happening. <gasps> oh, that's what this is. I love that feeling. And so I'm willing to like kind of, sit through the not knowing because I know that pleasure of revelation is yeah. coming. And it feels so good when like curtains part and you see <laughs> like, oh. And I think that's why you and I love this new way of having conversations through out of the ordinary books because as writers ourselves, how many times have you and I said to one another, oh, when I wrote that chapter, I finally understood like this whole section of my life that I've never been able to make mm-hmm. sense of. There is something about books, the written word, storytelling, that helps us look at our own stories in a fresh way. And that will always be our hope for these conversations, too, that now through our conversations, but also through the vehicle of books that are trying to do something always, that that will will always invite you to see yourself, right? To have Mm -hmm. yourself as the lens as you listen to these conversations and that Mm -hmm. we would always have a bit of an aha moment Mm -hmm. here together. And this week I was recently reading something that a friend is working on and I'm helping her with. And there's a part where she was talking about how this exact thing, how often we feel like we're moving forward or following Christ or going about our lives in a certain direction. And then we come up against what feels like a wall, 
mm-hmm. and we don't understand why we can't get through this wall. We feel like we're supposed to be on the other side of the wall, and God is clearly preventing us from moving mm-hmm. forward. And we can have many reactions, right? We can feel like this author is distrustful, or he's making me angry, or mm-hmm. I don't like this chapter in the book. This is ridiculous. <laughs> like, this makes no sense. There's a plot yeah. mistake here. I have felt that way many, many times in my life. But as she was writing about this, she was talking about how shepherds, you know, in the days of Old and New Testament, typically when they had a sheep pen, a place where the sheep were gathered in at night, there wasn't a a gate that opened. So there was an opening in the pen, but no physical gate. And instead, the shepherd himself would lie in that gap with his body. So he was the actual door. He was the door that you would have to go through to get in or out. And the sheep, though, they don't know that. They just know they want to be able to go out and graze, and they can't get through. There's something in the way. And she was making the point that it's Christ himself. Like, he Mm. has chosen the good shepherd to sit and block us sometimes from moving forward where we want to. And in the case of sheep and shepherds back in, you know, Jesus's time, it's because there's wolves out there at night, you know, (laughs) or bandits Mm -hmm. or robbers who want to run off with the sheep. And the shepherd knows that by his own body, he's protecting any enemies from coming in. And that's why he doesn't want any of his sheep to go out. And it Mm -hmm. radically changed how I thought about what feel like these dead ends we come up against in our lives. Maybe they are not that. They are God sitting there, blocking Mm -hmm. the way with his own physical being, saying, no, no, you have to trust me as the author. This is not a safe way for you to go right now. Mm -hmm. And it Mm -hmm. felt like one of those revelation moments for me where I looked at my story and my plot line differently and thought, oh, maybe those times I was so mad at God, he was physically lying in the path of where I wanted to walk to protect me from something. And he mm-hmm. has proved himself a trustworthy author in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, and maybe we'll end with this. I'll, I'll just read uh, a line or two from the book or mm. a couple moments. Because there is a moment where early in the story, um, part of what makes the book fascinating is that um, Clara is is a machine, essentially, <laughs> in a store learning gathering data into her her little machine mind to learn and understand about this world that she's now a part of where she's meant to serve as a as a friend to a to a child to an adolescent and um and so she's observing but becoming aware of the complexity like that things aren't always just happy sad good bad mm. like they're complicated yeah. and things might look one way and feel another or might be a mixture of of experiences so like what you're describing like this thing that feels so hard and so unyielding might actually be love um so there's a moment early on she's um she hasn't been purchased yet <laughs> and she gets to sit in the front window and um, so that passerby in the city can see her and maybe choose to come in and buy. Um, picture like an Apple store. <laughs> she's sitting <laughs> in the window. But while she's sitting, she's, she's observing um, and, and learning. And so she sees a moment where there's a, an old man on one side of the street and an old woman on the other. And across the street, she sees as they see one another and they stop and and register just these unknown feelings that she can't identify on their faces and um and they uh the old man in a in, almost in a dream crosses the road like risking getting run over he crosses to the old woman and they stand and they stare at one another and then they the man smiles and the woman starts crying and they hug one another and they embrace and they hold on for a long time 
and she calls them, what does she calls them? The, the coffee cup lady, I think. Like she has these, you know, she just observes. So one is this coffee cup lady and this old man. Um, and, and, and then the manager, so she's watching this. And then the manager of the store is next to her and watching this moment as well. So um, here he writes, um, those people seem so pleased to see each other, manager said. And I realized, this is Clara's voice, and I realized she'd been watching them as closely as I had. Yes, they seem so happy, I said, but it's strange because they also seem upset. Oh, Clara, manager said quietly, you never miss a thing, do you? Then manager was silent for a long time, holding her sign in her hand and staring across the street, even after the pair had gone out of sight. Finally, she said, Perhaps they hadn't met for a long time, a long, long time. Perhaps when they last held each other like that, they were still young. Do you mean, manager, that they lost each other? She was quiet for another moment. Yes, she said eventually, that must be it. They lost each other. And perhaps just now, just by chance, they found each other again. Manager's voice wasn't like her usual one, and though her eyes were were on the outside, I thought she was now looking at nothing in particular. I even started to wonder what passerby would think to see manager herself in the window with us for so long. Then she turned from the window and came past us, and as she did so, she touched my shoulder. Sometimes she said at special moments like that, people feel a pain alongside their happiness. I'm glad you watch everything so carefully, Clara. And that's something Clara will learn throughout the story is like the nearness or the interwovenness of those opposites, things Mm. that in just her sort of machine brain would seem to be very separate things, pain and happiness or love and loneliness. But through the course of the story discovers that that they're often together. And then finally at the end, through a story where Clara herself learns to love and actually in a really beautifully sacrificial way. It's, I won't say more about it in case someone does want to read this book, but it's really quite beautiful until at the end. And this, this point I just wanted to read and maybe we'll end here because it reminded me of you and me on the podcast, actually. (laughs) So there's a moment at the end where, um, where Clara encounters the manager again um, and the manager offers to to move Clara over where she can talk to some other AFs, some other robots, because Clara's alone. And Clara says, no, thank you, manager. You're as kind as ever, but I like this spot, and I have my memories to go through and place in the right order. I have my memories to go through and place in the right order. That's what Clara wants to do, is to sift her memories and place them in the right order, which I take to mean she wants to understand the meaning, the story, how it fits together, how all these experiences fit together. Um, and I think that's, oh, yes, so I recognize beautiful. that. That's, <laughs> yes. that's, uh, that's us on the Out of the Ordinary <laughs> podcast. And, and here we'll continue to do it on Out of the Ordinary Books. <laughs> we look forward to hearing from you who have tuned in today and hopefully joining some of you for a virtual tea party. So don't forget to share about the podcast in whatever way makes sense for you and just tag out of the ordinary books and we'll pick someone from here in the States and someone from overseas and come and have some tea with you and maybe hear what your favorite books are at the moment. 
If you enjoyed today's conversation, won't you take a moment right now, open up that podcast app and look for the subscribe button right next to our podcast profile image. And we think this podcast is best enjoyed with friends. So tell a friend, click share episode in your podcast app and send a friend our link.